Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. And what faith leads you to do, like true faith, it leads you beyond yourself. And the lesson that you learn is this, is it leads you to examine the greatness of God. Is God greater than your circumstances? Okay? And you have to start, that's what your faith should be leading you to examine. Does God really have a great plan? You start to study the scriptures and you try to figure that out. Is God greater than your past, than your hurt, than your mistakes? That's what we're talking about here. That's where your faith should take you to. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Everyone has heroes growing up and even in adulthood. It is these heroes that often can do things we wish we could do. They have a popularity that we can only dream about. When it comes to our relationship with God, He doesn't want us to only have heroes of this world, but also heroes of faith. In this series, we'll be studying a portion of the Bible in Hebrews 11 that is known as the Heroes of Faith chapter. This chapter is full of stories of men and women who had an extraordinary faith in God. While they were not perfect, they were faithful. As we study their stories, we will learn how we can be faithful as well. Please enjoy the message. getting towards all the potential, the unlocked potential that he had never fully realized into his life. That you've got things that you haven't done yet with yourself. That you, There's so much more that you could do. There's genius inside of you. There's leadership qualities inside of you that you, aren't quite, uh, that you haven't quite tapped into, Gideon. But really what the angel's saying is this. Is Gideon, God is with you. And because God is with you, you are a mighty warrior. That there's this sort of this place that you are, and there's maybe this place that you could get to on your own, but then because God is with you, there's this whole other stratosphere that you could get to because he's there. It's kind of like this example. You got Bob Bonner, Cal Ripken, Jeff Snyder. This is a Baltimore Orioles 1982 rookie card, Future Stars. Now, Jeff Snyder, and this card's worth about $100, Jeff Snyder there had an ERA of 13. Now, if you don't know what an ERA of 13 means, that's earn run average. That means if he pitched nine innings in a game, he would give up 13 runs. Now, here's the deal with giving up 13 runs of baseball. You're not going to win many games if you give up 13 runs. So the whole future star thing didn't quite work out for Jeff Snyder. <laughs> Bob, Bonner, Bob Bonner, he ended up with eight RBIs in his career. And yet this card's worth $100. Why is that? Cal Ripken Jr., Because Cal Ripken Jr. um, played in 3,001 games. He had over 3,000 hits, 430 home runs. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest players ever played the game. Because they're connected to Cal Ripken Jr., that card's worth $100. If Jeff Snyder had his own rookie card all by itself, it might be worth 10 cents. 10 cents on his own. Even if he had a good career, it might be worth a quarter. But because he's connected to Cal Ripken Jr., there's a value there that's beyond what he could have ever imagined on his own because of who he's connected to, because of who's with him. And some of you need to hear that, because maybe right now you're in a wine press. In fact, I guarantee you you're in a wine press in some area of your life, and God's just sitting there with you. And if the angel of the Lord was with you, what would he say? What would he say to you? He'd say, God is with you, faithful husband. Because some of you you husbands, you're worried about that. You're worried that one day you're not going to be faithful to your wife. Or you're worried that one day in a weak spot you'll, you'll compromise your integrity. And, and the angel's saying, no, no, 
God is with you. And you are a faithful husband. And you will be faithful to that wife of yours for the rest of your life. And some of you women, some of you wives are worried about that with your husbands. And God is saying to you, no, no, no. He is a faithful husband. I'm with him. He's going to be a faithful husband. And, and some of the issue with us is that we maybe came in a home in which there wasn't a vision given to us of what this exactly looks like. And, and that's one of the major reasons why, you know, we need God in our lives. Because he opens our eyes to things. He gives us a vision for things that we would never have on our own. And so, like, for me, I didn't grow up with a, a, a dad, much less somebody who was a faithful husband. And so I caught glimpses of it here and there. On my own, I could have been marginally better than, what I, than the vision that was given to me in that house. But because God is with me, I can be exponentially better than what I could have ever imagined being on my own. See what I'm saying? God is with you. Respectful wife. You know, maybe your husband's done things to you, said things to you that, that are just unimaginable. And the idea that you would be respectful and loving to him is something that you can't even fathom. But God is with you. You can be. And you know your Christian faith is calling you to be that. You are supposed to be that. You ought to be that. God is with you. Phenomenal parent. You are a good parent. And maybe your mom wasn't a good mom to you. Maybe your dad wasn't a good dad to you. That doesn't mean that you still can't be a great parent. But it does mean you have to stop making excuses. And you got to open your eyes to maybe the kind of parent that God is calling you to be. There's a lot of uh, strategies and tricks and different tips to parenting that I don't know. And there's just things that, honestly, as, I, as I'm looking back now, I've got my oldest is eight, my youngest is nine months, and, and I'm looking over the scan of the, these last several years, and I'm looking at all that, and I'm saying, you know what? There's strategies that can help me to be a better parent. But if I were just willing to take time every single day to be with Jesus, to really pursue him, so many of the things that I do, I wouldn't do that I regret. So many of the things that I regret doing, I wouldn't do. The things that really sabotage my parenting aren't the things that I don't know necessarily. Honestly, it's the things that if I were to really live by the Spirit of God, that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control, those types of things, like, that would really set my parenting through the roof, send my parenting through the roof, okay? That's what we're talking about here. I mean, you can keep trying to do it on your own. You may do a little better than what you grew up with, but God's got so much more for you than you could ever imagine. Contented single, the world will tell you that you're missing out. You can't be a whole person if you're not married. The world will tell you maybe even contented uh, spouse or contented married couple, maybe you can't have children or you aren't going to have children. The world's going to tell you, well, that's too bad for you. But what God's saying is, no, no, I'm with you. You can be contented. You can find contentment. You have to. Because inevitably, none of these things are ever going to fulfill you anyway. Honest employee, you don't have to lie, cheat, steal. You don't have to mislead customers of yours. You don't have to embezzle money. You can be honest. Now, you, your, your employer may tell you that you can't be honest. Maybe your customer is telling you that you have to fudge the numbers a little bit. But you, God's saying, no, no, I'm with you. You can be an honest employee. And maybe, maybe it means you don't work out where you're, maybe it does, means that it doesn't work out with where you're at, but you can still make it. And I'll give you something better than you could ever imagine. 
Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. God's saying that you can be a difference maker because he's with you. Some of you are wondering, like, what kind of difference are you going to make in life? Maybe you're kind of wandering along and you're just like saying, I just don't know if, I'm, if I really matter. And God's saying, yeah, you do. And he, if you give him just a little bit, he'll do so much more with that than you can imagine. My wife's grandmother passed away a few months back. I was blown away by the number of stories that were told about her, by the impact that she made on people's lives, the difference that she made on people's lives. But guess when she made the difference on people's lives? Was it preaching? No. Was it singing? No. Was it teaching a Bible study? No. Was it going over to people's homes and constantly helping them? No. I mean, those are good things. It's good things. She would sign checks at her church. For 15 years, she would go in and sign these checks. And they would get sent out to different vendors that have partnerships with the church. Now, it was a job that probably took 45 minutes. But she would be there three or four hours talking with people, listening to people. And so at her funeral, person after person after person, we had to cut them off. There were so many people. They came up and they said, and we all called her grandma. Grandma was so encouraging. She encouraged me when I was at my lowest. She listened to me when nobody else would. She was the mother that I never had. Those were the stories that we were hearing, all while she signed checks. If you don't think that you can make a difference, then you don't really believe God's with you. But if you can tap into this, even the smallest menial task can make the biggest difference. You can be a miracle worker. You look around your situation, maybe there's chaos right now. Maybe it's all disjointed your life. And maybe God is saying, you know what, I'm going to make you be the one that's going to lead this family, lead this company, that's going to lead these people out of this situation. Like, you could be that miracle worker. And that was what was going on with Gideon. And so here's the lesson that we learn in faith, is faith opens the door for what life with God can be. Faith opens the door. Faith opens your eyes to help you to see that this road that you're on, it's really not a waste. This road that's being paved is really taking you somewhere. It doesn't always make sense, at least according to the world, but God is taking you somewhere. And with Gideon, he wasn't so easily convinced. And he says, pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why are all these things happening to us? He's saying, look at my circumstances. Look at my situation. Nothing is good around us. We're hanging out in caves. I'm in a wine press threshing, threshing wheat. We used to be in control. Now we are not. Now we're being oppressed. What do you mean you're with us? 
Where are all his wonders, he says, that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us. But the truth is God hadn't abandoned them. They had abandoned God and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. He's not even going to acknowledge that. And he says, but am I not sending you? And that's a key question there. Am I not sending you? But Gideon doesn't know who God is. His father, Gideon's father, worships in a sheriff pole that Gideon had to tear down. The people around him worshiped all these other gods. He doesn't know who God is. He's saying, am I not sending you? God says that, but Gideon's like, I don't know who you are. And he says, pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? He's pointing back to himself. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. In other words, I have no affluence. I have no influence. I'm the least in my family. I can't even lead my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. We might say something like, God, I can't start the business. I can't lead that person to faith. I can't bring that person to church. I can't save this marriage. I can't rescue my child. I can't do it. Look at what's happening around me. I am the least of these. My, my, father, my parents divorced. How could I not end up with divorce? My parents were terrible parents. How can I? Of course I'm not going to be a good parent. I've never had anybody show me how to manage money. Of course my finances are going to be a mess. And Gideon, though, he goes on. He's saying, God, I need a sign. Gideon said to God, that if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. And if there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And when you hear the phrase, testing the waters, or laying out a fleece. That's where those phrases come. This is where those phrases come from. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next morning. He squeezed the fleece, wrung out the dew. A bowl full of water appeared. was there. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. But this time, make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That, that night, God did so. Only the fleece was dry. All the ground was covered with dew. Now, many people, and maybe even some of you fall into this category, I have from time to time, we'll, we'll, go, we'll take this story and we'll say, God, um, you, you showed Gideon a sign on how to make a decision, so, so give me a sign. And, and we'll lay a fleece out, so to speak. Or again, we'll test the waters. But we've got to be careful with doing that. One of, my, one of the stories that I love uh, to tell when I'm talking about this particular concept is a, about a preacher named Charlie Greer. He's in Des Moines, Iowa, this church in Wichita, Kansas calls him and, and says to him, hey, we'd like you to come down here and lead our church. But Charlie was torn as to what he was supposed to do or what he would do. And so he goes to his family and he says, we need to pray about this. If we're going to leave and go to Wichita and I'm going to take a new position, I don't really know. He was torn about what God wanted him to do. Some of you understand that when you come to these crossroads of these types of decisions. And so he goes to his family and says, let's pray about this tonight. And then tomorrow we'll come back together and see if any of us feel like God has really put something on our hearts. His son, Nate, goes to bed that night. And he just happened to have learned this story recently. And he says to God, God, if you want us to go to Wichita, Kansas, then make it rain tomorrow. But if you want us to stay, God, then make it be sunny tomorrow. And Nate wakes up runs over to his window the next morning, excited to see what kind of sign God has shown him because of the decision that they have to make as a family. He looks out the window, and it snowed. <laughs> he was so he didn't know what that meant. 
And the truth is, again, when, when you start to ask God for signs, you can often end up in a situation like this. But what we need to remember is that Gideon didn't have the Bible. Gideon didn't, wasn't indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Um, Gideon didn't have a church family necessarily. He had a very dysfunctional family all around him. And we have things that Gideon didn't have in this day. And so Gideon was looking for a little bit of help, no doubt. But the thing I would say, though, is I'd point you towards something else because I don't feel like Gideon was looking for help with the decision. He was looking for help in how to understand who this was, this God was that was sending him. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 10.30 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. Again, the people worshipped the rain, the sun, the soil. And he wants to know, is God greater than these other gods that they have been worshipping? Is God truly sovereign over nature, over the elements? That's why his focus was on dew and the ground and what was happening there. He wanted to know who it was that was sending him out. Tim Keller said it this way in his commentary on the book of Judges. Gideon was very specifically asking God to show him that he was not one of the forces of nature like the other gods, but was sovereign over the forces of nature. Gideon then was not looking for little signs to help make a decision. He was really seeking to understand the nature of God. And what faith leads you to do, like true faith, it leads you beyond yourself. And the lesson that you learn is this, is it leads you to examine the greatness of God. Is God greater than your circumstances? Okay? And you have to start, that's what your faith should be leading you to examine. Does God really have a great plan? You start to study the scriptures and you try to figure that out. Is God greater than your past, than your hurt, than your mistakes? That's what we're talking about here. That's where your faith should take you to. And coming back to this story, Gideon is finally convinced and he goes, he rally, he goes to his people and he rallies together an army. He ends up with 32,000 men against 135,000 Midianites. And this is what God says to him. God doesn't say, I'm going to send you angels to fight with you. I'm going to send you another 100,000 men to fight with you. God says, no, no, no. You have too many men. I can't deliver Midian into, the, into their hands, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. And so he tells Gideon to go to the men and ask them who's scared. 22,000 men raise their hand. And he says, all right, get out of here. I don't want you. 22,000 leave. So now it's 135,000 to 10. Okay, it's one um, for every 13 of them. Not very good odds. And God, you know what God says? It's still too many. Still got too many men. And he does this weird drinking test. And he sends them down to a brook. 
And he says, all right, if they drink the water this way, keep them. If they drink the water that way, send them home. In the end, only 300 are left. 1% of his army is left. 1%. And that's all. And Gideon comes up with this sort of this ingenious strategy of how it is that they're going to fight the Midianites. And so they go to battle uh, when it's dark one night, and he gives all the men a torch and a horn. And he says, I'm going to have you spread out, and at the right time, I'm going to have all of you blow the horn as loud as you possibly can. And then 300 will seem like 300,000. And it's going to scare them, and this is about as good of a chance as we have to win this battle because there's 135,000 of them. And then this is what the text says happened. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. And with 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. What's interesting is, is that there's not one verse in this story that actually depicts the Israelites taking a life. The battle was never really theirs. The battle was always God's. And the Midianites just ended up killing each other. They were losing their minds. They didn't know what to do. And why did God do that? Because God ultimately wanted the glory. And when you live by faith, faith will ultimately bring, you, bring glory to God. You see, that's the problem that we have with these roads that we build, is that we feel like we're supposed to get the attention, we're supposed to get the acclaim, we're supposed to get the credit. But really, you know when you're building the right road for God, when he's the one that's always getting the glory. And in Hebrews 11, it says this of Gideon, that Gideon, who through faith conquered kingdoms, who through faith, not wisdom, not leadership, not ingenuity, and he administered justice, whose weakness was turned to strength, who was once knees were rattling in the bottom of a wine press and said he became a great mighty warrior because he really wanted to live this life with God and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. It was quite a construction process that, was, uh, that, that Gideon went through, but it was one that ultimately in the end truly did make him a mighty warrior. Um, Ruth, Ruth Graham, the wife of Billy Graham. She passed away some years ago. She shared a story in one of the books that she wrote of how one day they were driving through North Carolina and they came into uh, some construction that was done on the road. And they came across a sign there that said, under construction. They had hoped that it would be a, a short trip through this construction area, but it wasn't. And almost, it took them almost an hour to finally get through the construction zone. But when they got through the construction zone, they came across another sign that said, uh, that said a phrase that she said she wanted on her tombstone. And so she hops out of the car, she stands by the sign, and she says, Billy, I want this, take a picture, I want this on my tombstone. And this is what the phrase was. End of construction. Thank you for your patience. And as much as that line was for the people who would one day see this tombstone. It was equally for God. That God, the construction's finally over. The road has been paved. And I finally made it to where you want me to be. And thank you for your patience. Philippians offers us this promise, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it may not seem like he's faithful, and it may not seem like this road you're on is going anywhere, but it is. 
And if you can just stay faithful to him and take the attention off of yourself and really allow him to get the glory, you're going to become something and experience something that you would never be able to experience on your own. And he'll end up getting the glory in the end. No doubt about it. But along the way, you're going to discover how great he truly is. And that road that you're on is going to make more and more sense as you go along. And as you talk to saints in our church and really throughout the world who have been faithful to Jesus for years, decades even, they look back and they say, yeah, it all kind of makes sense. It didn't at times, but God was faithful. God was with me. And my life is so much better because of it. And so the challenge for you is, is that don't lose the faith. Stay strong. Stay on the road that God is paving for you. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll wrap up. Thank you, Father, for the faithfulness that we have. God, the faith that we can have in you and how faithful you are to us. Dear Lord, help us to pave a road. That's a road that you would call us to be on. And that one day when that road concludes, you will look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Encourage us as we go from this place. And we give you all this in Jesus' name. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the Give tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.